Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Cloud Architects podcast. I'm Warren Detoy, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Nicholas Blank. Hello. And today, we have an amazing guest. We've got a lady for a change, and she happens to be South African, proudly South African. So um, I think you're only the second South African we've actually had on the show. Um, so True story. Everybody, welcome, Tracy. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Very How cool to be on the show. I, I obviously can't wait to phone my mother afterwards and tell her that uh, that I've been on the Cloud Architect, so might get a tattoo, you know. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, hey? We have a really cool logo. Yes. I've yes. heard. It's not a bad idea, hey? Uh, Although you may, need, you may need a full panel. I've got a whole arm that's open. We'll take it. We're good. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. And today we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. But I think... Um, one of those things needs to be unpacked first a little bit because it's a really big topic. So when we say the word adoption, everybody goes, ah! <laughs> so when you say the word adoption, what do you say? Okay, so um, yeah, adoption. I, I think there's a little bit of a confusion about what adoption is in the market at the moment. And uh, I think people are confusing it with consumption. So for me, adoption, I think the easiest way to clarify this is consumption is giving your kids broccoli to eat and forcing them to eat it. Okay. Adoption is your kids eating broccoli, liking it and asking for more. That's the difference. So adoption is all about people actually being efficient and effective using technology. It's not just a tick box of saying you have a license that's been assigned to someone and they now consume OneDrive or Teams or something. So that's the big difference for me is just to focus on on whether people are efficient using the products, not just whether they're using it. And then when you look at companies, right? So we walk in a lot and we go to these companies and we say, and they, they, they call us into the CIO's office and the CIO goes, so I'm paying for all this licensing. Why aren't people using it? Da, 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 da. How do you change that mindset? Because essentially they want you to start using the applications, but it's, you know, something that you've always put across in all of your podcasts and all of your talks is user empowerment, right? So tell us a little bit about that. So let's go back to the CIO's office, right? Yeah. So something that happens to me more often is that they actually don't worry about the other apps and services. I have CIOs that says we're just moving because we've got a, you know, my great exchange or Skype's going or, um, or Microsoft gave me a great deal on licenses. They don't even know what the rest of the stuff is in there. So for the first year, and that's where consumption comes in. For the first year, it's going to be an easy sell because uh, they've gotten a big discount on their licenses. They're moving across because some products are coming into life, um, you know, and some other things. And then the second year is going to be the struggle because then you have to start proving that extra expense that you pay. And I mean, that's the thing is to first make sure that they all know what's all in there because you 
you're not just going because of SharePoint Exchange and OneDrive, but a lot of companies are doing that, funny enough. Mm. You know, they don't even yes. worry yes. about the rest of the stuff. And um, they don't even know that, that all that efficiency or productivity gains sits in there. And then I think that if, if I do come across companies that already knows about all those things, but they actually don't even know how much it can add benefit, is I kind of get them to be in a session with me and I show them how amazing it is. I work out these uh, these matrices for companies where I work out the RRI on saving five minutes a day by using OneDrive, you know, or 20 minutes a day by using Sway and Stream and stuff. And then that adds up to millions, by the way, and that makes them sit up. So I always think it's about the audience, even though mm. everything is all about making people feel better about themselves and balloons and wine and wonderful things, you know. But uh, <laughs> but depending on your audience, you have to speak that lingo. So so when you speak to C-levels, it's, it's you have to touch on the money subject. Productivity is great, people, and everyone wants that for everyone. But at the end of the day, it's bottom line. So what? how does this change my bottom line? I'm glad Mary and HR is going to feel amazing about herself, Tracy, but let's forget about that. How does this change my bottom line? And that's where you've got to touch it. So depending on audiences, you have to get into that as well and say, guys, if we can make the people more efficient, this is the gain the company will have. Everyone's going to mm -hmm. win out of this. I mean, that's just... A company of 10,000 users. Sure, I sure. work this out all the time. It's a 200 million czar um, productivity gain in a year. I mean, that's an unbelievable amount of money, but no one's paying attention to that. So, so yes, everyone's first focus isn't always happy employees, and that's okay, because what's that famous saying? If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. CIOs and C-levels are supposed to focus on saving companies and making sure that we can pay salaries and bonuses, and I, I credit them for that, and I'm glad I don't have to stress about those things at night. I'm the person who worries about people feeling good about themselves. And that's great, you know, and making it work both sides, I think. But once you show those people, because they don't know, humans only know what they know. That's the challenge. A lot of people are using Teams and they don't even know how amazing all those things are there. Or they're just using OneDrive because it's a storage place. And mm. then I go through 10 things with them and they're like, wow, I didn't even know that. You have to make them aware of it. And once they're aware of it, they buy into it. There's just no... I don't have to convince people to use it. I just have to show them the product. The product convinces them. The, the benefits convinces them. So true. Tracy, why do you think we are in the position that we are in, that we have all this Office 365 out there? And to quote you, I've heard you say that Office 365 is a completely different way of working and it's not being positioned as such. So why are we in this position and what makes Office 365 so different in your view from, hey, it's just a new version of Office, right? Yeah, that's what they think, isn't it? So um, it's much bigger than just cloud or Office 365. I, um, a lot of companies think that our barrier to user adoption now is the jump to cloud. So from local to cloud, and it's actually not at all. It's much further back than that. We're just seeing it much more. It's much more transparent now. So so for me, it is a completely different way of life. Completely. It's not a, just a version update. It's not a new button and a ribbon. It's a completely different way of working. But because we've never invested in our users to use technology right, the jump is now massive. 
They never use their file shares right. They don't know what good naming conventions is. They created mm-hmm. 50 inbox folders because they couldn't search for things, you know. So so this isn't a cloud. Cloud is not the, Office 365 is not the barrier to user adoption. The mm. PC that stands in front of them is. And because in the last 20 to 30 years, let's say 20 years, we've never invested in that. We've never made them power users. We've always had this idea where IT people are power users and users are just users. And that's nonsense. Yes. If you have a computer, you should be a super user. Yes. And, uh, yes. and we've never invested in that. So now the problem is, we don't have people that are efficient on computers, and now we go in cloud. So the challenge is, um, it's such a big jump for them because they were never efficient. For, mm. for years, we kind of boxed them in and made their decisions for them. And when I say us, them, I mean IT management versus end users. We made their decisions for them, and we protected them, and we 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 kept risk away from them. So suddenly, we're deploying Office 365 and companies, which is agile. It's about people troubleshooting their own things. It's about self-learning and lifelong learning, and that culture doesn't exist in companies at all. So we're not ready for that technology. That's the problem. It's not about the jump. So we have to go back and fix a couple of gaps that's missing. You know, people never learned how to search, for example. People still navigate through folders. People still click on start and then control panel, and then I don't know what to get to printers. And I mean, you've been able to search for that for like, years and years and years. So how do you now introduce technology that uses Office Graph, machine learning, AI, Delve to someone who's never searched? That's the problem. So we have to go back and fix that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. They don't trust the technology and we never allowed them to trust technology. And I have Mm -hmm. empathy for that because if we think five years ago, search wasn't that great. Okay. We've had a lot of People built a lot of nested folders and they built a lot of folders in their inboxes because search just didn't work so well. So we rather well, navigated well, to find yeah, search, search was fine. Microsoft search was bad. Ah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so technology <laughs> has changed, but what we have to do as well is we, we also have to kind of revisit and just take a moment and say, okay, guys, are we still doing this because of how technology is today or because it was that way 10 years ago? We've kept habits because of how things were in the past. And we have to kind of revisit that in a while and say, I have empathy for that. You didn't do it wrong back then, but it's not going to work now. Mm. You can't take go that deep with your nested folders anymore. You don't have to navigate to a file. You can just search for it. You can trust the search and you can trust the technology. And also, if I think we so overcomplicated our environments. Um, so think of folders. We would have gazillions of folders. If the three of us worked in a department together, I would want my own folder. Because I know mm. Warren comes in early on Monday mornings and he scratches on people's stuff. And he's going to delete my stuff. Okay, So I want my own folder, which means I end up with duplicates and separate folders. So we created extremely complicated environments because of trust issues. Never mind mm. search. It was all about mm. trust. So that's another thing that we have to change is that uh, that fear we have of technology, and people don't even know that, is showing people that they can trust technology again. Simple examples. Go and set up an alert in the SharePoint library behind the team. If you're so afraid that people are going to delete your stuff and you now have to work together with a team, just set up an alert and calm down, Susan, and wait for something to go wrong because you've got 93 days to restore that thing. But we have to expose users to that. They don't know that there's these little, I call them SWAT, by the way, and it was SharePoint back then, but SharePoint weapons and tactics. That, that we, people don't know that that exists, that they can use these little things to protect themselves. So we built these crazy fortresses 
to uh, to limit limit the risk and the fear we have of not trusting people and not trusting technology. So it's so much bigger than the cloud stuff. We've had a problem for 20 years. We just didn't know it. We didn't have Power BI reports that showed us how bad it was. That's the problem. <laughs> so I heard you say uh, two things that I think stand out and amongst many things besides Susan, who's so worried about getting her stuff deleted, that... <laughs> For decades, we have accumulated not technical debt, but user debt, right? And that we've approached a problem fundamentally wrong. And since you quoted Einstein, Einstein also said that you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that caused it, right? Absolutely. And I have sat on a diversity panel with you at Ignite, and we, we talked about users, user behavior, how we all approach problems, and... Um, in that, you had this beautiful quote about um, uh, ADHD is actually um, attention defi de deficit in high definition. And, yeah. and is that not something, to use your own analogy, where we've been so technology focused and we've created and accumulated all these features that we've had these 20, 30 years of um, PCs that could do tons of stuff. I mean, there's like, I don't know, 385 features in Excel that no one knows about, right? Right. Yeah. And how many that aren't on, on the menu? And so we never even got to the depth of what was there. Now, we've got this whole new way of working, which is cloud. And, and cloud, I think, solves problems in ways that we haven't even thought about before, where we used to paint ourselves into corners, technologically speaking. We actually don't realize that metaphorically speaking, we, we're able to float. We've got different ways of solving problems. So how do we not start accumulating the same kind of user debt and spend the next five years, because we're accelerating so dramatically in cloud innovation, how do we not get into, in five years' time, in a position where users are deployed in cloud and they've got even less usage of the technology than they've had in the last 20 years, if this is what we've been doing before. Let's go. There you go. I've got a camera that doesn't focus well. <laughs> so that's, that's quite a big question, um, and it can have a lot of answers. But, um, but let's have your answer. Hmm. So yes, what uh, I'm going to blame IT here, okay. So I'm a very fair person. I blame everyone, by the way, so no one is safe when it comes to me. I blame end users, I blame IT, I blame management, I blame my parents, you know, everyone's going to run through this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so everyone's got fault in this and I have empathy for it, okay. So if we look at the past, how we used to roll out IT projects. Now remember, I come from business and IT side, okay? So I was on a lot of IT projects, but I was also, all of us started as business users, okay, at some point. And um, if I think of how we rolled out technology in the past, okay, let's take a stab at this and see how many people's gonna associate with this. So the two of you played golf on Saturday with some new friend of yours. So you know what, Monday we roll out SharePoint in our company. That's how we did yes, technology, yes. okay? We didn't do it because there was a need for it. It was a new geeky, cool thing that we saw somewhere now I wanted to, okay? So that was the first thing, is that we used to show, throw technology at users like a shotgun approach. We used to just go net out there and then go and say, let's see what they can do with it. That's crazy. And we also did that to make ourselves look good. 
every little IT thing we did was a little chip on my shoulder. I'm sorry to say it, but this is true. So if you look at change management, and I definitely don't want to get into methodologies now because the fact that I can use a big word like that's going to shock my mom, okay? So if we look at methodologies and I look at ADGAR, ADGAR says you have to create awareness, you have to create a desire, you have to give them the knowledge. So those things are crucial first before they get the product. And we've never done that. You've never made people aware of where they're lacking. We've never made them excited about using a product and we've never trained them well enough. So what we did is we slapped them with a the product first and then we stood back and said, okay, let's see what comes out of this. Okay, let's see if someone uses this. And that's what's different for me going forward with the way that I also help the companies is I'm saying, guys, don't do that. Start with awareness programs. I mean, I'm very passionate about digital literacy, okay? So if we look at digital literacy, creativity, curation of content, collaboration, e-safety, all of those things, okay? Those are the things that Office 365 gives us. So if you start with things like that, if you start with awareness around what the literacy skills is to be a digital citizen, then users will understand that they have that need. They'll understand that they, they miss something in their life. And then when you start training them, they'll grab the product because it, mm. it addresses a need that they have. And that's the other way around. So they pull the product towards them. We don't throw the product at them. So that's the first thing is that the way that we install or roll out these things have to be the mm. other way around. It's got to be about awareness and it's got to be about creating desire. Okay, mm -hmm. and then the second big thing. So I'm four weeks older than Microsoft. Okay, I always have to say this. Okay, four weeks older than Microsoft. Okay, I know it must probably started before they got registered. Of course it did, but four weeks. Okay, and I always say that man, I've always been Microsoft's biggest fan, but it kind of felt to me that that both myself and Microsoft at the magical number of forty-two. Gee whiz, did we figure a couple of things out. And that's when teams came into the picture, by the way. So in my magical 42 years, we got teams. And for the first time, Microsoft got it right to pull all those things together. And I understand why. I have empathy for it. For years, we've been developing all these crazy, amazing things. But it just didn't gel. It just didn't come into that matrix, did it? And with teams, I always say, it's the gateway drug that leads to the consumption of the other drugs in Office 365. Hmm. Teams brought everything together. It makes things make sense because I can see my stuff there. Because also people didn't adopt technology in the past because they had to navigate to it. I had to navigate through some SharePoint site to some library to some folder somewhere to upload my team's documents. Okay, So we expected users to go away from the place where they are every day, which is my hmm. desktop. Hmm. And now we're saying, no, 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 you don't have to go anywhere, sweetie. I'm going to bring this to you. So for the first time in ever of the history of technology, we're doing this right. We're not making them come to us. We're coming to them, and that's what's going to be the big difference. That's what's going to make all those things make sense, I think. And whose fault do you think it was? Why do you think it took us so long to get something like Teams? I mean, this is a, maybe a two-part question, I suppose. Is why do you think it took us so long to get to Teams? I don't think and it's anyone's fault. I mean, now that everybody's learned how to use Word, Excel, all that kind of stuff. You really think so? You just said that on a video? Now well, that everyone's well, learned know. to use it? No, no, no. Okay, Did okay, I miss something? Okay. Now, that, now that everybody's looking at the icon. <laughs> no, but okay. Hold on a second. Okay, so let me rephrase my question. So Word was initially an application. Okay? Now Word happens to be inside another application, which is Teams. What changes the context? So... Do you see what I'm saying? So they don't know how to use Word back then. 
Um, but now it's just word inside of Teams. I'm not I'm not bashing Teams. I'm saying Teams is incredible. I love it, and it's exactly what you say. It is everything and more. But when it comes to adoption of Teams, people look at it and they go, "Where do I start?" So my question is twofold. One, what took so long? Do you think for Microsoft to make the change? And two, um. I know it's customer centric and let's say so, or somebody is going to use Teams for voice, for instance, or whatever the case may be. It's, but if you look at a company holistically, they look at Teams and they go, I don't even know where to start. How do we fix that? So firstly, let's uh, take one step back and talk about why did we wait so long for this? It's called evolution and it's called growing up. And Microsoft is a person and a human like any of us. If I'm so glad I didn't have the knowledge I have now um, 40 years ago because, man, I would have caused havoc, okay? Things happen at the right time. And and we had to go through these lessons learned to get to where we are today. We couldn't have have sure, developed sure. teams 20 years ago. We had to go through file shares and crazy nested That's folders. Fair. It's just it's the, it's nat it's natural evolution. Hmm. So it's IT or digital revolution and evolution. So So for me... I don't for a moment. I have clients that says, I wish I had this five years ago. Or Trace, I wish I met you two years ago. We wouldn't have had the problems I have now. And I'm like, sweetie, you wouldn't have been ready for me two years ago. Because that's how life works. Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place for everything. And it's about standing back and saying, sweet, we've got a better product now. How do we fix what we had in the past? How do we start new? Because sometimes you can't go back and fix the past. And that's also something I tell clients. Don't try and do that. Don't fix the other stuff. Start new. Make a call about the past, but start new because we have new tech now, okay? So that's firstly answering that is I definitely don't blame anyone. I think it's digital evolution and revolution, and I'm so happy for it. I'm so happy that I'm part of it, and I'm not sorry about anything. If you think of your life as well, I've been married before. I've been in other relationships. I've lived in horrible cities. I, I wouldn't take any of that out of my life because it made me who I am, and that's exactly what Teams is. Teams would not be what it is today if we mm. didn't have horrible file shares saying okay that's true so then if i think of and you're very right if i think of uh, let's take i'm gonna take word as an example so people definitely didn't use word right either in the past and they've had it for years and years okay people still build manual indexes for the start of their word documents because no one ever showed them about putting table of contents in and it's not their fault not everyone are self-learners it people are self-learners the rest of them aren't okay mm -hmm. and we never pass that skill on because we forget that people still have to learn what we've already forgotten and that's an issue mm -hmm. so so if i take word and now suddenly i'm launching teams in a company so they already suck at using office okay they're going to super suck at using teams now because office is sucked into teams is that what you're saying? That's what we're saying, right? So let me tell you what, Warren, there is no way. But it's true. I'm sorry, people, I'll say this on camera. You guys suck at using your computers. But you know what? It's not your fault. It's not your fault because people like me never helped you. People like me never made sure that you had training. People like me never gave you decent induction when you started at a company. Because when you started a company, here's your computer, Tracy, there's the icon to SharePoint, have a nice day. And then every time you log a call for something that's gone wrong, I'll go, gee whiz, that Warren from HR is so stupid. If he logs another call again, I'll shoot myself in the head. That's what we do. We never help them. So I don't blame them for it, but I'm honest. Everyone sucks at using computers, people. We can be so much better at it. 
And that's what I'm fighting for. So when I launch teams into a company, I cannot launch teams because there's a fundamental thing and it's part of the research that I've done. You cannot build technical skills on a crumbling foundation. You yeah. can't do it. I can't teach people to use Teams, Flow, Power Apps if they suck at Office and Windows. You cannot do it. They're going to keep on coming back for refresher training. They're going to keep on asking questions and make mistakes. So every single company that I deal with, I insist on starting from scratch. I do digital literacy training. I introduce them to all the new things in Office and how amazing it is and how to troubleshoot things and help themselves. And then I take them into Teams. So before I even launch OneDrive, I teach people about search and about naming conventions. Because if they don't understand search and naming conventions, they're not going to swing OneDrive. So that kind of answers that. We have to go back and fix the problem. Teams is not going to fix it. Apps don't fix problems. That's what people don't get. People fix problems with apps. That's the difference. And we need to kind of fix that. That's not fixed yet. So we need to go back and fix people so that people can fix their own problems with apps. Tracy, you've had a, a series of blog posts lately that have been uh, a little bit contentious, if I can say yeah. so. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Contentious. Do you mind just unpacking that a little bit and, and tell us where are you coming from with those and what have you seen that has well, let's just go go back a bit and um, ask you to, in your own words, explain what is what is your theme been over the, the last few weeks, where you've written some blog posts that have had amazing coverage and hits like you've never seen, and uh, what were you trying to get across, and what was your motivation in all of that? So the first thing I'm going to do for our viewers is I'm going to lift my camera up again because it's after five, so it's obviously tired. It's just going like this all the time, okay? Because I want to make eye contact with you because this is going to be very important to me. Is that better? Yep. Yeah, I've got a yep. camera that's just not focusing. Okay, so um, I used to write a lot of technical blogs. Like I'm saying technical, not like Azure and crazy AD and exchange stuff, but like SharePoint and apps and solutions and things. And I mean, I did that crazy challenge where I wrote the blog every day for two years, okay? So there's lots of that out there, but at some point I realized that there's enough people actually writing about technical how-to stuff and I needed to start talking about stuff that people are afraid to talk about. Because people are afraid to swim upstream because it's abrasive and it hurts, you know, and it's much easier to just agree with people. And I realized a couple of years ago already that we have a problem. I'm not agreeing with what the industry is saying. I'm not agreeing with what Microsoft is saying. I'm not agreeing with what other partners are saying. I mean, something's wrong, you know. And I started this little thing in my head with the zombie apocalypse is coming. I started being the person that stands on street corners with a sign that says you need to exercise so you can run away and put water away and we've got a problem and no one would listen, okay? So I've been fighting that for a couple of years and, and in the last couple of months I'm seeing people are seriously taking note of it now. So my focus and, and you can call me an aggressive disruptive person, okay? Because I'm aggressively disruptive. I'm not the person who's going to rub your back and say, sweetie, this is going to be fine. Office 365 is going to be amazing. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rip the scab off your knee. You're going to bleed for a couple of hours and it's going to be okay because I'm going to give you plasters because I'm honest. The world needs honesty. We've <laughs> not been honest with people. For the, for, for the podcast, by the way. You suck at computers. Listen to us. <laughs> I'm going to rip Well, I'm making you look good, am I not? <laughs> You're going to look like rock stars. But you know what? That's what I am because I'm not afraid. You were too afraid to say that for years, Warren. Look at me Ooh. have guts. So, 
I'm saying we need honesty. The world has become so busy. We have so much stuff happening around us. We have so much work. Our departments are smaller. We have stress. We're stuck in traffic four hours a day. We need honesty even when it hurts. And that's what I do, is I'm honest about stuff even when it hurts, okay? So like adoption and consumption, I'm like, guys, you've got to stop monitoring consumption because that doesn't prove anything. Saying that people are using licenses means nothing in companies. It doesn't prove efficiency. You cannot monitor consumption. So I'm saying that there's a skewed model in the market because there are people getting bonuses on consumption. That's wrong. We're driving the wrong thing. We're driving a wrong culture again. So those type of things, I kind of lift the, what is it that's going wrong in companies? I mean, I've, I've written a, a blog recently as well about why users don't adopt 365, okay? And the first paragraph in it, I obviously made a lot of people upset. And I went like, yeah, mm. successful. <laughs> I've got this little gauge that goes, how many people gets mad at me? And I don't know. So um, I specifically in there, I said, who do you think is responsible for people not adopting mm. Office 365? And then I said, you are. <laughs> because it is you. If you're in IT, if you're in management, if you're in the decision-making process, if you're in HR and you're the person who decides who gets training, you're responsible because we never did the right thing for the users. It's not the user's fault. We never helped them. We never helped them become self-learners. We never gave them enough um, responsibility to trust them. But again, I have empathy for it. Technology has changed and we have to change that. So, so we have to start investing back. I'm absolutely amazed that companies are still not training people. They're still rolling out Office 365 on an email. Do you know that? Hey, you're on OneDrive now, Trace. So you won't have an iDrive anymore. Here's a link to click a video if you want to watch it. Have a nice day. You know what's going to happen the first time I log a call about OneDrive? Gee whiz, that chick's stupid. Wow. You know, I've got this little thing on the back of my wall where I go one, two, three, four, five for Tracy this week. That's what I do in IT support. And I'm over that because we're not helping them. We're not helping them help themselves. So we need to change those cultures. I think, I think that's the importance. Um, I mean, I can carry on talking about it, but it's, it's about who we're doing this for. We, we're rolling out um, technology as if we were doing it for robots, and we're not. Doesn't that summarize your, your reason for doing adoption? Who are we doing this for? Exactly. I'm, I'm like, at the end of the day, um, I mean, Office 365 is just my foot in the door, okay? It's not like I can go to a company and say, hey, give me a couple of hundred thousand rand. I want to make people smile. <laughs> If I was a drug dealer, I suppose that could work. <laughs> but, uh, but people don't pay you money for that, okay? So, so Office 365 is my medium. Microsoft is my medium. But my end goal is making people, every day, people need to feel better than they felt the day before. Every day, I want people to be more efficient. We spend so much time at work, and I don't get that. People walk around saying, ah, oh, it's my job. I'm like, oh, that doesn't work like that. Mm. You're supposed to be happy in your job. You're supposed to feel efficient. You're supposed to love working on the programs that you do. And if you don't, we need to change something. That's that other quote. If you want different results, you need to do different things. People are not supposed to be unhappy in their jobs. So, so for me, Microsoft is the most amazing tool to enable people and make them feel better about themselves and be more efficient and achieve things and grow you shouldn't be in the same job after three years if you're still in the same job something's wrong Growth so let's ask you about work. this job that you're in you you do adoption yeah. how does someone do adoption or what what kind of career choices would they make how would they and and the thing is 
I'm just going to front load this question a little bit. Very few people that I've spoken to on this podcast have started off in the career that they were in when we actually got to this place to interview them. And it doesn't matter if they worked for Microsoft or not for Microsoft. Very few people went from school to the job that they were in. There was always a path. Uh, but let's just talk about adoption for a second. And how does someone make that career change and become an adoption-focused person? I never did. It never happened for me. So... So it's try and do this as quickly as possible. So I finished school at 14. I got tired of school. I wrote matric. I went to college. I finished it. So I never studied. I never went to varsity or college. I just did matric. I started working as a receptionist. That's what a young girl in South Africa would do without certifications. I was a receptionist. I ended up doing wages, make coffee for everyone. You know, that normal, they call it a girl Friday. So you end up doing all the little tasks that no one else gets to. And I've always been a curious person and wanting to solve problems. I think that's always helped me. So wherever I've worked in my life, I would see people struggle and then I'd want to resolve it for them because not everyone are self-troubleshooters. So I would see someone in HR struggling with a spreadsheet and then I'd go like research and see how I could help them. So regardless of what my jobs were, I've always been someone to fix things for other people. I've always wanted to help people. So in my career, I've been a bookkeeper, I had a driving school, I had an art shop, I had an art school, I gave art classes, I designed kitchens, I built furniture, uh, you can just name it, okay? That's just all of these crazy things. Designed clothes, made clothes, it's just all of those things. But everywhere, everything that I've always done, there's always been a strong component where I have an unbelievable empathy to help people. And that I understand that people struggle and not everyone has that strong point to figure things out. And I've always been that person. And in a way, so hard work, not earning the money I should earn, doing 10 people's job for one pay. But that always pushed me forward to be recognized and get opportunities. Because opportunities doesn't come from motivation, people. It comes from hard work. Everything starts with action. The more you do, the more you um, get inspired and motivated, the more that pushes you in front of the bush of luck, okay? And that's how it works. You don't wait until you get inspired by something. So, so wherever you are, work hard. Do the best thing you can do. Be inquisitive. Be curious. Do the extra bit, okay? So invest in yourself. Don't be one of those people. And I mean, I've heard that so many times. I'm not going to learn those things. I'm not going to go to Twitter and see what new features there are. This company doesn't pay me to do that. I'm like, really? Mm. You know what? Next time when I come visit this company, you'll be replaced by a robot cupcake. Because robots don't <laughs> complain like that. Okay? Invest in yourself. Because the company can never take that away from yourself. Come in 30 minutes early every day. Miss the traffic a little bit. And read some articles and learn. People's way of thinking about that's wrong we we don't understand self-investment and that's just something i'm so thankful for that i've always gotten right i've always just been so curious and so desperate to learn more and and have opportunities because i never had a, a formal education i didn't have those opportunities so i just tried so hard to create it for myself and i mean that's why i love tech so much how much is out there that can can teach us and learn and, and we can get from it. And that's why I've written over a thousand articles and done hundreds of videos because I'm trying to give away as much as I can for free because there's people who don't live in companies that are prepared to pay for training. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep on doing and that and to make sure. It's contagious. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's... Because I look at you and I look at the way you, you blog and the people that respond to your sessions. Mm. 
it's con it's contagious. You can see that these guys walk out of these sessions and they're completely empowered. It's like the guys are smiling, they're ready to jump up and down. And you know, like I think if there's anything that we can take away from the show is that. I mean, it's going to be contagious. And no. I think more people need to know about it. So, like from a sharing perspective, a winning perspective, um so two questions. One is where do people find you? How how do they follow your stuff? And two, what should they take away um, from this podcast? Um, you know, when, when they finish listening to this podcast, what is it that they're going to walk away wanting to do? Um, so your final sort of um, motivation for the show so that you can say, guys, go out and do it. Stop being lazy or whatever the case may be is. And then finally, where do they find more of your stuff? Okay. So, um, so firstly, the easiest place to track me is just through my blog. Uh, I've got a website as well, but I don't care about it. So, so that's just tracyfunderscaf.com is my blog. All my articles are on there. You can follow me on Twitter at tracyvds for funderscaf at tracyvds. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. So any of those platforms. Um, if if I had to think of something to take away from it, and I mean maybe that's what. Because I'm, I'm definitely, there's a, there's a thing that's a little bit different to what I do, to what other change management or user adoption or technical people would do. And I think I think the biggest blessing I have is that I, I'm a very positive person. I always look for the positive in things. Everything in life has pros and cons, people. I don't even entertain conversations with people that complain about stuff in Microsoft. Because I'm like, you know what, just wake up. Give me your URL to that user voice ticket. No, you don't have it. No, nah, not chatting to you, okay? Because become yeah, part yeah. of the solution. Stop being part of the problem. Because when you focus on bad things, that's all you'll see. Mm. And somewhere in my life so it went so on that I started focusing on good things. And now the only thing I see is good things. And maybe it makes me naive, but you know what? I sleep really well at night and that makes me very happy. And it makes me great in my job because that energy rubs off. People are negative, they're tired, that's they're that. scared, and people feed off that energy. So all I can say is, you know what? It's a silly saying to say, find what you're passionate about and let it kill you, because that's just a bad thing, okay? <laughs> but, but find the thing that you're super passionate about and live it. Because I can promise you, if you're true to yourself, and if you're true to people, and if you do the thing that in your heart is right, and if you do the right things right, success will always follow you. The world has changed like that. Do, Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it takes longer. You know, there's instant gratification that comes sometimes through not being a nice person. But if you're a good person and you're good to the world, I can promise you the world will be good to you. So just stick to your passion, be true to yourself, and, and speak up even when your voice shakes. Be true to yourself and say what's true and do the right thing for people. And that's pretty much, I think, all that I can say. And with that, you are a legend. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Thank ah, you, Tracy, for coming on the show. You rock. Oh, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it's been an incredible experience. I'm sorry, I've got a dipping camera. It's definitely a. Hmm. It's alright. We we you won't fix it in post. Camera. Yeah, it's gonna. Be We're not gonna fix the camera in post, and uh, it it'll just be part of the show. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, so I'm not worried about it. I've got a dipping camera, but you know what? That's the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, whatever life throws at you, just build it in there and make it part of what you do. Mm -hmm. Make it part of your exactly. show and just smile and carry on. Nothing scripted. Nothing's perfect, people, and no one is perfect. But, so but we're not going to edit the show. That's hmm? right. Yeah, we're no, not going to edit the show. We're just going to do an intro and an outro, and we'll close it there. 
I love it. I think it's great. Uh, guys, I, I hope I, uh, like, it's difficult. Those questions can have so many answers, but um, mm. just care about people. I can promise you robots are going to start caring about our, themselves. We have to start caring about people again and start focusing on those things that robots can't do because that's going to become the most valuable thing in the world. For sure. That's right. Humans. That's right. So that's my life goal. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it's been Thanks awesome, boys. Thank you very Until much. Next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. It's been lovely. It's okay. wonderful nice having you. We'll have you back soon. Maybe okay, my guys. All right, guys. Okay, sweets. You have a nice evening. Thanks, hey? so. You too. Okay. Ciao. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.